Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. This is where success happens. A member of the industry syndicate, Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to High Trust Coaching Live. I am Hope Borman, and I am very proudly the Divisional President for High Trust Coaching. Today, I have one of our amazing coaches with us today, Dan Munford. So welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. This is going to be super fun. Yeah, um, so, it is. <laughs> you know, so today, we're going to be talking about time traps. Today, we're going to be talking about time management. But more importantly, today, we are going to be talking about the identity trap, which is a topic that Dan holds very near and dear to his heart. Before we get into that, you know, this platform is to introduce, obviously, to bring coaching, to bring, you know, key concepts to you, maybe, you know, elements that you can take away today and implement today. So what we would like to do is first start off with Dan Tell us a little bit about yourself. You've been at High Trust Coach for two years now, and I, have, I know yeah. that you're running a business. So tell us about yourself. Um, well, I've been running the business for uh, for Loan Depot here in Utah. I'm I'm the um, I'm bringing you uh, Loan Depot to Utah, so that's really fun. And then coaching on top of that, and I really enjoy coaching. Coaching's uh, dear to my heart, and I love to just give back and share. Um, just became a grandfather for the third time, so that's really exciting. <laughs> Uh, on Monday and, uh, and, uh, love to love to get outdoors and with my lady and enjoy, um, enjoy travel. And we really just love to get out, you know, and, uh, and I love, love being uh, a manager or a leader for Loan Depot and, uh, love giving back by coaching. So that's amazing, Dan. So Dan, tell me how long have you been in the mortgage banking industry? How long have you been in the business? Oh boy. Uh, I started in 1992. Okay. So right around 28 years. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been around a long, long time. It's kind of crazy. So you've been through a few down markets, a few up markets. Oh yeah. Yeah, are- it's been it's been a roller coaster for sure. But uh, but I have uh, I look at it as as a lot of fun and a lot of learning and a lot of uh, a lot of helping and and I love 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 the mortgage industry. It's one of my favorite things. I don't feel like I go to work every day. I feel like I'm just living my ex- extremely fun life. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> living the dream. Uh, yes. Yeah, living a dream for sure. <laughs> That's right. So let's talk about. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. So let's talk about the identity trap. So in well, yeah, yeah. So in Todd Duncan's book, Time Traps. Um, he talks about the idea that um, work shapes our identity. Dan, can you talk to us a little bit more about that? I know that this is this is a topic that is very near and dear to your heart. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, if if we're not careful, work can monopolize us, and it can be our only form of uh, identity, and that we have to be careful of. And one of the things that I do when I coach and when I talk to my coaching members is I ask them, who are they? So there are actually three questions I ask, and they are, who are you? Uh, Where do you see yourself personally in the next three years? And where do you see yourself professionally in the next three years? And that helps with this identity trap a little bit. You know, it's it's, it's really important that we don't allow our work to identify us. 
Yeah. You know, I, I have to tell you, Dan, that you know, those are three important questions. And so could you repeat those one more time? Because I'd like for everybody yeah. to kind of write that down, um, those three questions that we should probably be asking ourselves um, that question maybe uh, once a day. Well, I, I, I ask it all the time. Yeah. So, so, and I have people, I have them write the answers down to these questions so we can actually discuss them so we can move forward in our coaching program on their level. Um, mm -hmm. So the questions are again, uh, who are you and where do you see yourself personally in the next three years? And where do you see yourself professionally in the next three years? That's perfect. I love that. So let me ask you a question. When you ask the question, who are you? What kind of responses are you getting? Is, do, do you feel <laughs> like it's probably the hardest answer to, to give? They they have a hard time with that. Yeah. Um, I had somebody say last week when I asked these questions, I wasn't expecting you to ask that question. <laughs> and so I, uh, I like to I like to get the responses because it, it kind of throws them off guard a little bit. And I think coaching it coaching with our coaching members. One of the key things that I dive into is making sure I always have them uncomfortable. Ooh, I like that. Tell me more about yeah. that. Well, I mean, if we're uncomfortable, we're always moving forward, I believe, and we're learning from from being uncomfortable. And uh, living in your comfort zone doesn't help you grow. So, getting them outside their comfort zone is is, is massively key. I th I think I and I have to say that that is probably one of the key success strategies with being coached and or having a coach or even being a coach is getting out of your comfort zone. Um, and if yeah. you have a coach that is basically champion, championing that for you and saying, you can do this and we're going sure. to role play it and we're going to do that. And, and they keep moving that line, that identity line outward more and more and more and getting more and more out of their, you know, out of their comfort zone until it becomes comfortable. Right. Well, and I, and I, and as we talk about this, I don't want people to, to uh, misunderstand anything here, I want I want to make sure people understand that work is a is a significant contribution yes. to our inner life and our development. And so, so let's be clear here that um, there is nothing wrong with work shaping part of your identity or some of your identity, just not all of it. Yes, yes, it is a part of what we do, and it's a part of who we are. Um, but you know, I think that if we identify completely, it's like if I said to you, Dan, um, "Who are you?" Um, what would be uh, what would be a normal response? I think if 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 uh, if someone were to ask me that, well, if you're asking me that question, my answer okay, would basically be, yeah, my answer would be first of all, it's written down in my life plan. Um, I actually have it right here on my oh, desk. Really? I keep that close to my heart as well. And um, the definition I have for that is I am an extremely phenomenal um, partner and that I am the best of my ability as a father. And I want to give back to the mortgage community through leading and through coaching. Beautiful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. So, you know, I mean, I would have to say that, you know, that that's, you know, that's a great question. I love that, you know, who, who are you? And I think yeah, I, I love that question that. too. I mean, we talk a lot in high trust coaching. We talk a lot about your why, 
right? We get a lot, we get very, very deep with that question. Why? Because it is, it obviously, you know, um, if we, if we know our why it motivates us and inspires us, it become, you know, to become the very best version of ourselves. Um, But I think the question, who are you? Um, yeah. really kind of really centers that in a way that, you know, who I am today, who I am becoming, and who would I like to be? You know, they, yeah. you know, the, the proverb, you know, be be the change that you be the change that you wish that you wish to see in the world, you know, and those types of those types of ideas. So talk to me a little bit about when somebody gets stuck. Um, I actually <laughs> I actually did this at the beginning of the year or at the end of last year. I had one of my coaching members write their obituary. <laughs> I've done that exercise. <laughs> have you? Uh, and I and have? I've done it as well. And uh, and as I did that, I think it blew his mind. And he really, really enjoyed the process of doing that. And it helped him with that long-term outlook of who he, what legacy he wants to leave. And mm-hmm. as we talk about the subject, um, our identity, that's a big deal, you know? Um, you can't, you can't, um, what Charlie King said, uh, you can't smell the flowers if you're working 12 hours a day. Right. 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 And so, so if you're, if you're trying really hard to leave a legacy or for your family, for your children, for the world, Mm -hmm. or if you want to leave a dent in the universe, even then you, then you, it can't be all about work. It has to be about other stuff, you know? So Dan, would you say that if you are able to identify who you are, that that creates the filter in everything that you do? Absolutely. Um, and in every area of your life. So, so a couple of things, first of all, um, why do we work and why are we working? And so not only, not only why, what's our, why, but why are we working? Why are we going to the gym in the morning? Why are we eating better? Why are we why are we, um, one of my favorite authors says he asks himself these why questions, 27 different questions every single day. Um, so, so why are we working? Why are we going to the gym? Why are we, um, why, or why am I this? And then that gives you some future, um, outlook on why you're becoming what you're becoming as well. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. really fun to do. I, I tried it. <laughs> <laughs> so did you sustain that for you know, an entire day and a week, a month asking your um, the, the questions? I, I, I actually do it early, early in the morning when no one's around. And so it's kind of part of the, the like meditation thing you do in the morning. I don't know if everybody does yeah. that type yeah, of practice, but, um, but it's really kind of cool to be able to ask mm-hmm. yourself those questions when it's quiet, when you can ponder, when you can think about it, because the, the truth of it is what we don't want to happen here is we don't want the negative consequences of our work defining us to come into play. And Mm -hmm. some of those, some of those things are guilt and restlessness and frustration and fear of regret and anxiety and fatigue. And so if we, if we allow work to obsess us, those negative consequences can come into play and we just don't want that to happen. Right. Yes. And I think that that is the crux of the purpose of this conversation, Dan, um, is to have that reminder out there to have people really kind of paying attention. So, you know, to, you know, obviously we're in an environment right now, which is very high volume. Um, that volume yeah. is, 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 you know, is, is forecasted to continue well throughout the year. Um, the business yeah. is going to continue. There are a lot of clients that need our service. 
And um, so it's important that we are balancing that because we're going to need to sustain this level of, you know, of, of volume for some time to come. Well, that reminds me of something Todd says, and, uh, and it's in this chapter, actually. Um, I really like it when he says, let's work with less stress and sell more in less time and get out of this swamp we're in. Yes. And so I really enjoy when he says that because that's, the, that's one of the methodologies in coaching that we teach everybody. Do more business in less time with less stress. And how do we do that in this crazy environment? Mm-hmm. And, and that is creating your not-to-do lists and making sure your assistants are on point and making sure that you're not burning out because you're working till 10 o'clock at night. Um, very key things. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not bagging on work at all. I'm just saying make sure you don't get devoured by work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So it's really fun to talk about though. Yeah, it's really, and and it's, you know, it is that balancing game. So good morning, Alex Barnett. Alex Barnett just joined us. So welcome and well, and and good morning. Alex is one of our master level coaches, coaching members. And we're very, very excited. Alex started with actually, Dan, you are his coach. Are you not? I am. Welcome, Alex. Uh, Good to see you. (laughs) Good to see you. Okay. So um, we were talking about the idea of you know balance balancing work and you know and how that how that you know impacts our identity. So Dan, you know today's environment we're working you know, we're working a lot of hours and you just mentioned a minute ago about working 12, 14, 18 hours a day. How, yeah. how are we coaching our coaching members to balance that to shut it down at some point in time and be okay with it? The one of the things Todd taught me years and years ago was to plan my life so that I, for me, for myself. And so we, as we take that into consideration, mm-hmm. we, have to, we have to dissect it into sections, such as family, exercise, hobbies, managing your finances, planning your future, and your job, and your work. And so if you notice, the last thing I said was job or work, right? And so creating a hierarchy of those things that are most important to you from top to bottom. Mine is five uh, mm-hmm. items long and similar to what I said, family exercise, um, staying fit and, and, and uh, managing my finances and then managing my, my work life. And as you do those things, then the decision to go home at five o'clock becomes much more easy or the decision oh. to shut off your email for the next hour becomes easy. So it's you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, when you plan these areas of your life, it creates a decision guide that allows you to make those decisions faster and much more easy. Yes. Interesting. You know, huh? um, it's, very, it's very, very, it's very, very interesting. And it's that simple too, Dan, would you yeah. say it's that yeah. simple? It's that simple. It so- really is. It, it really is the the biggest problem we have is getting people to do it. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, and that takes a little bit of courage, I would say. I think that that's yeah. a lot of conversations that I have with my clients with regard to even shutting down the email or even putting an out of office auto response for certain segments of their day. And one of my clients had responded to me and said, "Well, you know, hope I don't want my agents to think that I'm too busy for them." 
you know, and, yeah. and that's not, that's not the message. So how would you respond to that? I mean, I know what my response was, but how would you respond to putting an out of office, you know, incrementally throughout the day to just block out, um, go zone time? I think it's great. And I, and I think if you're, if you're, if you're utilizing the teachings of, of, or the methodologies of high trust coaching, such as time blocking, mm-hmm. then it's much easier to do as well. So mm-hmm. when you plan these areas of your life and then you go to your job and you're planning your job, your job takes a lot of planning, right? Or your work takes a lot of planning. So as you're planning those things out, you have to stick to your time block. If you're not sticking to your time block, you're really not sticking to your business plan, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Whoa, yeah, I that's love an that. interesting you're thing, right? If you're not sticking to your time block, you're not sticking to your, t- your business plan. I love yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we look at our, our time block, uh, one of the, it's kind of funny because when I was the most successful as a loan originator, um, my time block was so dialed in, it wasn't even funny. And years later, as I started to become a manager and a leader of, of multiple people in the organization that I was working for at the time, my assistant said to me, you need to stop it and get back to your time block. And that was, that was profound for me. So, so then I began, um, it was right around the time I became a coach a couple of years ago, actually. And the, right around that time I started to stick to my time block. I mean, literally, um, when I coach, my door is shut, my phone is off, my emails down, everything. The only thing up in front of me is our coaching session and our past coaching session. So I know exactly what's going on with that particular um, coaching member. And as mm-hmm. we, uh, the other thing I was going to say that, that, uh, I like to ask when we go to the master level coaching is I like to ask that, uh, master level coaching member, cause usually they're leaders is what yes. kind of leader do you want to be? Ooh, I love yeah. that question. And so that adds to their, you know, hopefully we're leading from the heart. That's what I believe in. And that's what I, I believe the, the high trust methodologies believe in as we um, get into the high trust interview. As a matter of fact, this is an interesting story. I high trust interview every loan officer that I recruit. And so about uh, two weeks ago, I had a recruit in my office, six feet apart, obviously. And, uh, and we had a we had a high trust interview. It was an hour and fifteen minutes long. It was so amazing. And in the first fifteen minutes of that uh, meeting, I knew I found out that he had four children and a wife, and his wife and him were focused on the future and the success of their children. And that he had a single mother growing up. That his father had passed away at a young, when he was younger. And that his mother was uh, a house cleaner in a neighborhood that she, that at that point in her life, she went, when he, her husband passed away, she went back to school, got an engineering degree and moved into one of those neighborhoods that she used to clean. I was blown away. It was, it was amazing. It was so great. And so as I try to teach the high trust interview, I try to teach you're going to have these amazing experiences with it. So don't be afraid of it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's very, very true. And I think that that, that individual was probably very, very grateful for that conversation that he had with you. He probably well, walked away and said, 
this is a leader that I would love to work <laughs> with. This is someone who's really sincerely interested in my success in every aspect of my life. He's coming to work for me on September 16th. Muscle <laughs> and and so, um, well, what he what he actually said when we were done with the conversation is he said, you know, it's not every day I get asked these questions, or it's, I've never been asked these questions. Actually, mm-hmm. is what he said, and he mm-hmm. said it's not every day I actually meet somebody like you. And yes. I was like, oh wow, wow, thank you so much. I was very, I was very taken back by it. Actually, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. What? Because you were just being yourself and, and having the yeah. conversation that you you know I, is an impactful conversation. Yeah, I was just yeah. doing what I do, right? And what I've been taught all my career. So, exactly. you know, I, I always use this one, too. And this one's kind of fun when I talk to a lot of my coaching members is, um, is that I remember the first time I did a high trust interview. Um, dear, dear friend of mine, still to this day, and, uh, and he still sends us business today. And this was back in, I think, 2001 or 2002 that I had this conversation with him. And we have had that long of a relationship. And that's what the high trust interview is all about, right? Yes. Yes. Long-term relationships. Yeah. <laughs> Long-term relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Dan, you know, I mean, a lot of our, yeah, um, our, our, you know, a lot of our master level coaching members kind of come in and I think that as leaders, their biggest challenge is recruiting. You know, their biggest challenge yeah. is, in, is recruiting. And I know that when we're, we're having, you know, pre, you know, pre uh, onboarding conversations with our you know, master level coaching members, that is always the topic that comes up. And, um, sure. you know, those that have embraced it have, um, have found recruiting to be, to be a very, you know, the high trust interview to be very valuable. Can you talk to us a little bit about <clears throat> how you coach to recruiting at master level? Uh- so there's there's two ways that I do that, and and one of them is obviously the high trust interview on anybody that you're recruiting, and the second thing is is obviously uh, getting to know them very well upfront, and mm-hmm. then coaching to recruit. So it you know it's okay to allow yourself to give away some information if um, you're going to help somebody grow even if they don't work with you. And mm-hmm. so as I look at it and as I as I as I talk to those coaching members I say, have you thought of the concept of coaching to recruit? And then the question is, well how do I do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. And obviously the first step is mm-hmm. to create your internal coaching program. And then if you're if you're going to pass the data on that you uh, have internally with your company, that's mm-hmm. okay because eventually They'll, uh, their business will increase and their loyalty will increase. And eventually they're going to say, I think it's time for me to just come to work for you. <laughs> and then at that point, you've already increased their business. So when they come on, they're doing more. Yes. And that's pretty fun to see happen. Right. So would you say that that is more important than um, than promoting, you know, the company's marketing systems, CRM systems, technology, um, you know, that you're that the highest and best value that you're really, truly bringing is helping them grow as an individual and in their profession? People do not leave a company for stuff. (laughs) People usually leave a company because of leadership. 
and they they join a company because of leadership. And so if you're leading from the heart and you're leading with the high trust interview and you're leading with the the thought of giving back and helping them grow, Mm -hmm. not just in business, but themselves, you know, if you're helping them grow themselves, then then you're building a massive relationship and you're creating a team um, through love, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. And mm-hmm. through the heart. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I truly believe that uh, recruiting isn't about the things that you have as a company. However, they're great. Those things are great and they need to be talked about. Yes. But but I don't think they're the reason people come to work for you. Uh, matter of fact, uh, my transition this year uh, from my previous company to Loan Depot, I didn't um, go to Loan Depot because of Loan Depot's cool stuff. I went to Home Depot because of their leadership. Yes. I exactly. love, love, love the leadership at, at the company I'm at. So, yeah. so as you as you look at that, you you know, you look at your own experiences throughout throughout my long career. And, mm-hmm. and I, I try to give those back to those people um, and and obviously to our coaching members so that they can help those people grow and build and mm-hmm. and you know. Yeah. I think lead, lead from the heart. Right, exactly, Dan. I think that in today's environment, I know that you know you had a mentor in in your career. I know that I had a mentor that I've had well actually started you know with me in my career very early on in my career. And I think that mentorship um, has kind of gone away in our world. And you know, and I think that that is something that you know as leaders we really need to bring that back into the fold because I think that that's you know, you're right. People, people leave, they don't leave companies, they leave leaders and they're in search of leaders that are going to be that mentor, that champion, that coach for them to help them grow their business. Would you say? Sure. Well, and it's all, it's, it's always been that way in this industry. This industry is very, is very, um, what did Todd say in high trust selling? He said, here's your desk, here's your phone, you're on your own. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and yeah, <laughs> you know, most, most people that get into this business, here's your desk, here's your phone, you're on your own. And, mm-hmm. uh, as, and, and that can't be the case anymore. It just can't be. And yeah. so as leaders and as, uh, as, as, e- and here's my definition of a leader, everyone is a leader, whether you're leading yourself, whether you're leading yourself, your children and your family, whether you're leading uh, a group of others, whether you're leading just your team, whether you're leading as a VP of a company, you're leading somewhere in your life. Yes. And so, so our goal should be, first of all, grow these people to become leaders. Yes. yes. And so it doesn't matter who you are or, or what position you hold, you yeah. are a leader of some yeah. sort, right? Yeah. Exactly. So true. So um, Dan, we just got a question. It says, how does a top producer as a manager do it all? Um, And I think that's one of the toughest jobs that, you know, that I think that our industry has is the producing manager, actually, especially the top producer, producing manager. How does he, you know, how does he kind of manage that? So Dan, how do you coach that? How would you answer that question? Um, Basically with time blocking, because Uh, What happens as a leader and what has happened to me in the past uh, isn't happening right now. But first of all, that is my role. You are exactly talking about my current role, producing slash leading slash growing an entire state. (laughs) And so as I look at that and as I coach that, 
it's basically make sure everybody understands the value of your time and schedule everything, literally every little teeny thing. Because if you don't do that, what's going to happen is you are going to be the guy that is continually putting out fires, not only for the people that work for you, but Mm -hmm. for every transaction that you're working on. Uh So we really have to be careful there. That's a, that's a really, really tough thing to do, but doing it is fun. I really enjoy that. And making sure you're, you're time blocking. Everything is key. You know, I mean, everything is on my calendar, everything, even, even my, my time away is on my calendar. Mm-hmm. If I leave it at, at Thursday night for a camping trip, then I'm, it's on my calendar. And mm-hmm. if I, if I'm, and then, and then there's an out of office Friday. You know, mm-hmm. and so you just got to be really careful and make sure that you're everybody that is working for you or with you mm-hmm. understands that scheduling is key for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that takes real discipline, but it's well worth the investment of time and planning to yeah. organize that so that you're not, you know, so that you don't have that problem ongoing on an ongoing basis, but you're actually solving for it. And it is possible. You know, a lot of our coaching members are, are high producers, top producers. Um, they are producing managers. They are leaders within the organizations. They are growing market share in their communities yeah. uh, and, and they're, they're getting it all done. And they're, you know, they're, they're having a balanced, you know, home life as well. So it, it's worth the time and discipline that you put into that time blocking. Um, I can't yeah. agree with you more. So Dan, I'm going to shift conversation a little bit here. And we're getting up to the end of our time together. And I, you know, you've been a high trust coach for two years now and you have extreme immense value to our coaching members, to our faculty as an organization could not be happier to have you, you know, as one of our coaches. Tell me, Dan, why did you decide to become a coach? How has it impacted you personally? How has it impacted you professionally being a high trust coach? Wow. That's a, that's an awesome question. And, um, and I would say that uh, there came a time in my career where I decided it was time for me to give back to the mortgage community. And I was, uh, I was truly in the belief that if I gave back to the mortgage community, the, the mortgage community would give back to me. And so my decision to become a coach um, was based on a little bit of selfishness, shall I say, um, and and a little bit of, of of giving back. And so I coach because I want to give back to the mortgage community. And what it does for me is phenomenal. It really is. It gives me so much joy to help others grow and and build their businesses and their lives. It's awesome. I love coaching. It is, you know, it is, it is amazing. And it, you know, it just kind of, you know, our mortgage industry and the people I tell Todd Duncan this all the time, you know, I love the people that high trust and the high trust ecosystem attracts in our faculty, our coaching members, and everybody that is engaged in the high trust environment and in our universe, you know, they are amazing people. So we get the, we get the pleasure of talking to some of those amazing people every day. Right? Well, and that's the, that's the thing that the high trust community does. Yes. It, it brings together phenomenal human beings. Yes. And that's what I really, really love about it, man. I look back on when I first started coaching and I first started coming to these events uh, with Todd and, and the people that I've met. And I mean, uh, I don't know, meeting me, meeting my boss at one of Todd's events was, was, 
phenomenal. And so having that opportunity has been just wonderful. So thank you for that opportunity. (laughs) Thank you. So um, as you know, your high trust coaching is growing in leaps and bounds, and we are looking for uh, to bring on, uh, to grow our faculty. So to see if you qualify to become a high trust coach, I would ask you and invite you and encourage you to send me an email at hope.borman at hightrustcoaching.com. Shoot me an email, and I would love to have that conversation. And Todd Duncan and myself would welcome that opportunity to talk with you. So becoming um, becoming a coach, you guys, is so much fun and you'll get so much out of it. So do it. Yeah, I know a lot of the coaches that I'm talking to or the candidates that I'm speaking to right now are saying, oh, hope you know, I'd love to be a coach, but I'm so busy. And I'm thinking, well, you know, all of my coaches, all of our coaches today are actively engaged in the business. They are right in the trenches, right along with you, and they are finding time to finding time to be coaches. So it, it, it is possible, and I think that would be incredibly rewarding. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dan, thank you so much. This has been so thank much you. fun. I can't wait till we, for us to do this again soon. And I have an amazing wait. day. Congratulations you on your new grandson. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, dear. Have a great day. Right. Thank you again. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. This is Todd Duncan. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Did you know that Elon Musk has a brain coach? If a billionaire entrepreneur who's redefining the automobile and space travel industries has a coach, I think everybody needs a coach to become the best version of themselves. You may not have dreams of launching a rocket into space, but if you want to take your business and your life to the next level in less time with less stress, I encourage you to schedule a free coaching call with one of our certified coach consultants today. It's absolutely free, and I believe it's the opportunity you need to have your best life ever. Visit HighTrustCoaching.com or click the link in the show notes below to schedule today.